everyone, this is Chrissy with the DTS Gaming Crew. We're coming at you with our second episode of our gaming podcast. Our second episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your applause till the end. <laughs> and today um, we're just going to be talking about we're going to be talking about board games. Um, our favorite board games, some board game news, um, things that are coming out on Kickstarter, and we're just going to have some discussions today. Really quick, I want to get this one out of the way because it's actually the only non-tabletop gaming-related thing. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. This is Maverick. And you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, like I don't think we've gone over some of the stuff in our podcast, which I think maybe right now would be good to do. Like, I'm Maverick. You probably heard the introductory trailer. It was me editing that alongside Michael. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that DTS actually stands for Drop the Spotlight. Yes. Uh, that's what DTS in the DTS Gaming Group stands for. The reason we use that is because, uh, I don't know, what would you call Drop the Spotlight to us? Uh, they are like the big brother company of us. <laughs> <laughs> the big brother company. The co- It's more like the company that's taking us under their wing yes. and uh, allowing us to do these reviews for our fans. Yeah. Right? So I don't really know the guys that might that well, but I do know what is Victor and Daniel. Uh, you got Vic, uh, Vic, Daniel, uh, Frank. Um, who else? Bernard. Bernard. Um, See, it's a big, it's a big family. Well, it's a big, it's a big family. Some from San Antonio, some from Austin. Deltrons. Deltrons. He's part of the Twitch. The Twitch group of, of Drop Spotlight. Yeah, there's different sections. We have we have our, our streamers, we have photographers, photographers, videographers. And then you have us. <laughs> <laughs> the DTS gaming crew. We are stationed in Corpus Christi. Yes. Uh, it's on the Gulf Coast of Texas. For those of you that don't know where Corpus Christi, Texas is, it's in between San Antonio and the border of Mexico. Yes. That's pr- pretty much the best description I can give anyone out there wondering where is Corpus Christi. That's where it is. In between San Antonio and the border to Mexico. Yes. So like I was saying, the, t- the, the thing that I wanted to get out of the way was last week we had talked about um that game the last of us oh yeah Yeah. how did you how did you like it (laughs) did you cry so (laughs) i will say that i did not cry when uh well i I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played it yet and wants to play it but i didn't cry i think what the partly the reason why i didn't cry is because i didn't feel that emotionally attached to the character i just met like 10 minutes into the game You see, it wasn't. It was different. Like when, uh, when I first remember seeing Ares die, I think that was the first video game death that really impacted me, because you had already kind of established a relationship with her for a while. Yeah. So when they, when that happened, I didn't really feel anything. But you'll be glad to know that your reputations are still intact, <laughs> because the game is amazing. Yeah. Like, it's really good. Like, uh, there's two parts particularly in the game that I was just blown away. Um. Once, I think it was somewhere towards the beginning, you're running away from like the, I, I don't know, the cops or something, the the law. Yeah. And at the same time, you're fighting the clickers. Yeah. The clickers. Um, and I'm inside a house and I'm like, man, like, this is intense. I'm actually, I feel like I'm actually inside the house hiding <laughs> from the clickers, hiding from the law or whatever those things are. And... That was that was the first part that was just like wow this is a really good game it just it 
what is that word like it intense no it, it kind of like sucked me in like it pulled game. you into the story yes it pulled me into the story the second part i think i had escaped all that mess and he's making it so he's making his way to the capital and this is before i run into the guy who's gonna help me get car parts or get a car and i'm i realize like man i'm still skulking around like the by the walls like i'm hiding from something it just feels so real and then all of a sudden like the soundtrack kicks in like the violins just make like a noise and it slowly starts to draw me back into the game and i'm like oh my god what's going on so it's really intense it, it is really intense you're right when you said it was intense but it is actually a really good game and it's pulling me into the story and i cannot wait to continue playing it because it's really good. What season are you currently on? Season? Weather-wise. Weather-wise. Oh, wow. I didn't even know there were seasons. Well, it's like once it becomes winter, things get a little bit more heavier. <laughs> okay, so it's not winter yet. <laughs> okay, okay. But these type of games, I'm usually very... Uh, especially the ones like where you have unlimited lives. Mm-hmm. I don't... Sometimes it's like I go in there guns a-blazing just to try... <laughs> just to try everything out. Like, there was a part, I don't know, it was like a courthouse or something it was like a no no, it was a house and i tried so many different things to kill all these clickers and there was two types right the clickers and what are the other ones uh, yeah. the, the, oh, the, the ones that aren't uh, i guess you call them like pre-infected because those are the ones that yeah. chase you right right those yes okay and i'm so i'm trying out all these different combinations i had i think i had just picked up a bow so i was mm-hmm. trying that um i had a molotov cocktail so i was trying that have you got your 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 nail the the oh, nail, nail bomb? bomb? And, oh yeah, I just got that actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was one of the last things I got before I stopped playing. So I'm trying to figure out like you know what would be a good combination because it's endless encounters as far as I can tell, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am dying over and over again, just trying out different combinations, and I'm slowly practicing the game as well, trying to get better. And then like it hits me one time, I'm like you know what? I think I can take all of these clickers and pre-infected out with one molotov and so i ran into the room i triggered the fight i ran back out and i threw the molotov oh, right in the doorway them. yes <laughs> and I ran right into the fire and i'm like oh my god this game is so good uh that's just one of many different things that's happened throughout the game that i thank you for the recommendation and my brother too my brother's been trying to get me to play this for the longest time my wife as well she's played this game too uh just a lot of people so thank you all for convincing me to play this game because i want to finish it now it's a really good game and with the last of us part two coming out it's good that you're playing it now yeah it comes out in may and like you're going to learn more about ellie's mom okay Ellie is one of the protagonists in the stories. Right, and I haven't gotten that far yet. I didn't even know she had parents as far as I'm concerned. So that's good to know that I guess she's going to be an important character maybe in the second one. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, in the second one, you're going to play more as Ellie is you're going to learn more about the mom. Okay. Now that we, we got the video game out of the way, we can continue to our tabletop heavy episode stick around you may learn something new because you know you heard our first podcast mostly we talked about video games Mm -hmm. which is fine which is something we're gonna do we're gonna continue doing as well but we do want our listeners to know as well that we are also tabletop game reviewers yes Mm -hmm. we are all across the board gaming uh vr video games tabletop games card games you name it. If it has gaming, we're going to try to put our hands on it. Bring us a pinball machine. We'll try it out. We'll give you a nice review or 
Not yes. if we don't like it. <laughs> so what I was thinking is if you look at our agenda, I guess we have what four categories, favorite tabletop game, uh, some Kickstarter tabletop games that I'm hoping caught your eye, right? Yes. Uh, weekly news and discussions slash rants. I don't think they're going to be rants today, but there will be discussions today. Um, yeah, so, John's not here. <laughs> yeah, so rant-free episode, possibly. We'll see. We'll see what John has to say about that. I get the feeling he's gonna call us. Did we say that John's not here? Oh man, we forgot about oh, yeah, John. John's, John's, John's not, not here. He's celebrating his daughter's first birthday. So happy uh, birthday, happy Hannah! Happy birthday, Hannah! <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Hannah! And uh, have fun, John. Okay, so let's move on to. Um, a topic that Michael actually wants to discuss so we can uh, continue our tabletop heavy podcast episode. Uh, go ahead, Michael. Do you get the same experience from a digital tabletop game or card game versus the physical experience? Well, for me, I've never had, I've never played a, um, a tabletop simulator game. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I would, if you would get the same experience of playing a tabletop with, you know, with people around you. Um, to me, when I play, um, when I play games, I like, what it, well, board games, I like to be around people and, you know, feed off their energy. And if you want to, like, trick somebody, like, you'll be able to just interact with everybody. So that's something I like about tabletop games. So I don't, I'm not sure if I would have the same experience in a tabletop simulator. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have to completely agree with you, Chrissy, because I have actually played tabletop games online. I've actually played Monopoly. Uh, there was another one, Trivial Pursuit. And you're you're completely right that I feel even the dice, like when you're rolling the dice, it mm -hmm. just feels so rigged. Like, mm -hmm. um, why do they? I mean, if it's supposed to be like a fair game, some of them have difficulties. But I'm like, why does it have difficulty if it's supposed to be a fair game? Right? <laughs> Like, why doesn't it just have the same set of moves? Like, something like Monopoly is easy to do, right? Buy yeah. low, sell high. So, yeah, definitely playing online is not the same as playing with people around the table. Uh, maybe having, I don't know, a couple of drinks, water, for example. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, it's definitely not the same experience. And how do you feel that... Do you feel they hurt board games? Or are they the next movement towards the gaming future? I don't think it would be the next step in gaming because, like I said, people want to interact with their friends around a table, you know, have a few drinks, like get a little crazy playing a board game. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think it'll ever kill board games like being around, being with people. Yeah. Added, uh, having the physical connection yeah. rather than just through a headset or through a chat window. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, this pack south, I saw I saw an item that was being promoted, and it was it was it's kind of like a hybrid. And it was a game. Uh, not a game, but a board. I okay. think it was for D and D. Imagine a chessboard, but the chessboard it's a, a LED screen, and on this screen you could change it into what you want. Rather, you want a D and D map where it looks like a dungeon. Or a forest. Really? Yes. That's cool. I forgot the name of the company, um, but I believe they were trying to kickstart. It looked really awesome, and it was like it's a good way. It's a good way to see like where you could 
where you could modernize them and where it could make things a little <laughs> bit better. So it was a table that had like a like a screen on it. Yes, a table that had a screen on it, LED screen. So if like you want to go on an adventure with someone, if you want to turn it into a chess table, I believe you could. But if you want to go on an adventure, like through the forest with your companions, it'll turn into a forest. Yeah, I believe it could turn into a forest. Or if you uploaded that image, you, it could be there. That's pretty cool. So it's like, do you know the character Amazo from DC Comics? I do not. No. Who is Amazo? Amazo is this villain who can uh, copy powers. And so if you can only imagine how powerful he gets if he fights someone like the Justice League, if he's able to copy the best powers of everyone there. Um, so it reminds me of Amazo because it's kind of like you can turn it into a lot of things is what you're saying. Yeah. Right? So it's not just one thing. It's, it can be a lot of things. That wow. sounds really cool. But is that, I mean, I don't, I, do you consider that digital gaming though? Because I mean. Not really digital gaming, but modernizing where you're still keeping okay. that perfect interactiveness with friends physically. Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Like bringing it up to date. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I guess you could say a far-fetched idea of where I would like to see that go is it's taking away the modernized board, but still keeping a physical board is VR goggles. Imagine if you could put VR goggles on one day and seeing holograms of your character on that board. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Where you you get to customize your character however you want to. And then when you put on the VR goggles, you see your character interact how you want, where it kind of kills the imaginary thinking process of it, but you get to physically see it now. And then think of maybe companies that could start up by creating like, uh, like let's say a software or a program that helps you customize these characters with relative ease as opposed to having to learn how to code so you can create your thing out of scratch, right? Yeah. If someone does the hard work for you and they can profit off of that, and then the, the players can actually start using some of those tools, that'd actually be a really yeah. good idea. I like it. Another discussion uh, that I had put in here is how easy is it to get into RPG tabletop games and where would you begin and start? For those who, say, are intimidated or don't know where to begin, but, okay. it, but they're for the curious minds... From a newcomer, because like I like I told you, I I never played D anD D until I met you. <clears throat> um, for me, when we started playing, it was really nice to be around people who weren't like oh, you don't know what you're doing. You know, everybody was really helpful. So I think being around a good a good solid creative open minded group. Yeah, being around a, like a it's um, asking a lot. <laughs> being around a, a nice group and having like them know, like you know, this is your first time, like they're helping you, really made me feel comfortable into like letting go and be like becoming my little halfling. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was doing it wrong, but <laughs> now say you don't got this group though, and it's just you. Uh, where would you begin there? Oh, I don't know. Say say you're antisocial. Could you play with a sibling or a parent? You could. You could. Sometimes it just takes only two players. Yeah. Uh, the first tabletop game I play was with friends. I mean, I think you just feel more comfortable with friends. And now currently, I only actually play them with my family, like my nephews and my brothers. Um, so definitely being close helps uh, a lot. So, you know, it it is kind of uh, 
panic inducing mm-hmm. if you're antisocial. Yeah, because that that was me. Because I I'm very antisocial, and I um, I was the first time meeting his uncle and his two best friends, and I'm just like the new girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but they were it was really nice. They helped me. They they showed me what to do. Um, it was it was good. It's a nice icebreaker because you're. It's just a creative game where you're being fun. You're it's having a fun. Creative outlet. Yeah, yeah, it's a creative outlet. But uh, with that, without having close, what you're saying without yeah, friends, without like, close friends. Like if I've you seen just some went. people go online. Yeah, uh-huh. Reddit would be a source to find someone if you wanna. If you have that, if you have that option, you can find someone on Reddit, say a Facebook group, Twitch, and Twitch, and ho- do an online session. And if you have just the main book uh, and some paper you could rig up a character sheet and still have a good time and if you want download an emulator of dice or get yourself some dice well you know i was actually gonna spring that up on you all um afterwards but i mean i guess it might not be a bad idea to talk about uh the dark eye yes it is a rpg game created by i'm sorry if i mispronounce your name (laughs) It's it's a German it's a German game so please excuse us if we can't say the names completely correctly I think but I think it's Yorick Kiasau, Uh and it launched in 1984 uh, since the game's launched the game has gone through five editions making the rules and background more complex the fifth edition of the game was released in August 2015 which was five years ago now right or a little less than five years with an English translation released in November 2016. <clears throat> because again it's german so it didn't it didn't get released with an english translation so it's been around for a while it's been around it's actually one year younger than me if you can believe that i actually wanted to ask you all is this maybe something that we can do for our listeners yeah. start a twitch channel we'll create our characters we can either stream them on the podcast on twitch mm-hmm. uh we'll figure out different ways to kind of get let our most definitely viewers listeners whatever yeah let them know what's going on in the world even if it's just like a picture and a twitter update or instagram update like, yeah yeah i think maybe meeting an extra day a week to play this game we so we can have time or extend the sundays that we meet mm-hmm. so that way we can do both we'll bring you letter updates from character care day two <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's something that we could like give an update once a week, right? Well, the podcast will be there for that. Like, oh, hey, this happened last time. Michael got us killed. <laughs> Do you guys thumbs up? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I was talking to him about um, maybe either making Sunday podcast gaming day, or I'm gonna have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Thursday night we can have game night or even Friday have game game night yeah that that works for me if you all want to like I said I'm I'm down for that cool 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 so you're hearing it first uh, a nut yet another DTS (laughs) underscore gaming crew exclusive yes Uh, you're hearing it here now Uh, we'll, we'll slowly put that together and Chrissy can keep you all updated on our social media handles Twitter Instagram Facebook Yep. And That's it's it. all the same DTS underscore gaming, gaming crew. That's right. So going back here to the dark eyes, did, did we finish? Oh, this is actually part of the same discussion. Okay. That's like kind of, I guess, a generic description 
Uh, the, the, the best generic description that I could give for that game is the information that I told you earlier. It's from 1984. Uh, we're on the fifth edition now, and it's November 2016 was when it was released under the English translation. Um, continuing with this, I guess just to give you more of an idea on how some of these things, on how this game in particular is going to be different than like D&D and what's the story behind it. Um, so here's what I could find with another one of the the books that was so kindly gifted to us by uh, The Dark Eye, which was a, a book called Aventuria Almanac. The Aventuria Almanac uh, is, I don't know if you know what an almanac is, but that's pretty much what it is, right? It's, a, it's an almanac of the world that the game takes place in. It doesn't take place on Earth. It takes place in this world called Aventuria. Although I haven't read so far into it to know if Aventuria is the name of the planet or just the name of the area where the main characters reside or something. We'll, we'll figure all that out and we'll report it to you as we slowly continue to start creating our campaign of heroes and dungeon masters. The setting of Dark Eye is in Aventuria, a continent of diverse regions ranging from rainforests and swamps ruled by lizard folk to the mountain kingdoms of the dwarves and from the northern wastelands of the orcs and the forests of the elves to the cold lands of the Fjarning barbarians. Aventuria offers adventures, challenges, and dangers for every kind of hero, from a questing knight to a powerful archmage. Oh, hey. And there's our fantastic publisher. Uh, thanks, Michael. <laughs> That's some quick work right there, man. That's I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Fantasy Productions, Schmidt Spiel, and anyone associated with letting us have our hands on this RPG book. It will definitely not go to waste. We are going to use it. Do you guys have anything to add to that? Uh, lizard folk. Reptilian. <laughs> 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is why we get along. That's uh, when I first read that. The, what caught my attention? Lizard folk. I mean, jeez. One of the things that I did see that was that made this game different from D and D, and I and this is just from my novice experience, and maybe you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, since I actually just started playing D and D not too long ago, I've had a few sessions, uh, and they've all been with my brother. So we're all learning the game as we go along. Um, but something that I noticed in the Dark Eye that's different than Dungeons and Dragons is that in the Dark Eye, every skill, spell, and liturgical chant is linked to three attributes, where you, the hero must make a check against each of these attributes. The player can roll these checks in any order or can make all three checks at once using 3d20, as long as you assign you know, each roll a, uh, an attribute. Interest. Where if if I'm wrong, correct me, please. But isn't the isn't D and D just one D twenty and that's it? Yeah, it's one D twenty based off of whatever uh, that what you're trying to do is based off. Like if you're trying to punch a guy, that could go off of strength or dex, depending how fast you're trying to punch him or how hard. Right. Well, rather than dark eye, I'm not sure what. Uh, did you get what attributes they're they're going off of? Is it just like intelligence? Uh, it, it depends on the, what you're trying to do, just like D and D. But see, like I guess my question to you would be: What do you think about that? The first thing that pops to your mind when I tell you that you know D and D only has one attribute check, whereas this game has three. What's the first thing that pops to to More your dice. mind? More dice. <laughs> More dice. <laughs> huh. 
more dice, okay. and then how, okay. and how would that work? Say if it kind of confuses me if, like, say I'm like, okay, I wanna, I wanna climb this, and say I get an eighteen, a fifteen, and a one. How would that work if, say, okay, the one's gonna fail me, the fifteen and eighteen that that might get me there, like. Like you got there, but does, you tripped on the. Yeah, way. like how does, that, <laughs> how, how does that work? I guess we got to get more in the rule book. Yeah, but that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, like each one of those three roles signifies something on how well you do each one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're right. I think more chances of failure too. <laughs> right. That's something I hadn't yeah. thought about. So, like, yeah. More disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> If you roll low the three times, like, you just, you just failed. <laughs> you failed it was a terrible fail, and we won't ever talk about it again. Except we will when we report on it the following <laughs> week, and we pick on whoever failed miserably. You will hear of our triumph, our triumphous <laughs> victories and our almighty failures. <laughs> so we've said that... More chances of failure. <laughs> you have to buy more dice. Which, do you think that's a bad thing? Buying more dice? Um, you can never have too many dice. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true tabletop gamer. You can never have too many dice. You really can't. Um, when I go to my family, like I keep forgetting because I have this closet full of stuff. And sometimes I just don't want to go through it to look for dice so we use digital dice have you all ever used digital dice like on your phone I have not really there's a ton of free apps that let you use digital dice and that's what we use because we don't want dice flying all over the place so we just you know roll the dice on our phone um so I guess that goes back to what you were talking about Michael how we're slowly modernizing yeah the simple updating things. yeah <laughs> Right. Because, yeah, I mean, as fun as dice are to have, uh, eventually, like I was talking about my closet, you end up with boxes of dice that you don't know what to do with anymore. And then you regret buying all those dice. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't regret buying those dice. But uh, sometimes just carrying your phone is a lot more convenient. And maybe that tabletop thing that you were talking about, Michael, maybe that's going to be the wave of the future where it's like, you find a company that can make several types of boards for you. Yeah. You don't need to buy all these bulky boxes to collect these games. You just need that one, one thing board. and then the software that goes into it so they can upload the correct map or terrain or whatever. That'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be. Future of gaming being discussed mm -hmm. on today's very special <laughs> episode of uh, tabletop gaming related topics yes. for the most part. Um, anything else you want to add about the three dice checks, attribute checks? Um, I'm, I'm trying to find it in the book because I'm curious as to what they are. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the core rule book. If I can just remember where I saw it. It's, I'm on page, it has to be in the very beginning. I'm on page 21 and it's talking about attribute checks. And I'm trying to see where I would list them three. Uh, game material checks. So it says page 17. Uh, it says, this is the most important core rule. At any time, a scene can turn out in different ways, and there is a chance that a character will fail. The GM can call for a check. Uh, and it's just like D&D. A check essentially means rolling a die or sometimes several dice and comparing the results to one or more of the hero's scores. Uh, we're looking for the one that, the part that says particularly three, you said, right? Is that yes. what you're, you're looking for, Michael? Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, so you go to the next section on the same page. It says rolling dice. Okay. And it says in the dark eye, you always roll one or more d20s for checks. One or more. Okay, so you so, do you do have more than three attributes. That's what I was I was like. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. I, I, whenever whenever I heard that, I was like, okay, so there's just three, but there are more than three. Yes. From what I'm seeing here, you got courage, sagacity. sagacity? Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Uh, intuition, charisma. Dexterity, agility, constitution, and strength. So yes. I'm taking it maybe for whatever you're trying to do, um, you would choose the three that make sense with it. And it also says that the first four attributes are the character's mental attributes. The other four are physical attributes. Uh, so yeah, that's that's right. Courage through charisma is all mental, and dexterity through strength is all physical. Okay. So everyone, every character has these eight characteristics, and just like D and I'm guessing that. When you start building your character, uh, obviously you're going to want like something like a knight to have more constitution and strength, whereas something like a bard, you'd want him to have, I don't know, intuition and charisma, right? Yeah. So it still has the same concepts as D&D where you have to play smart, right? You can't, you don't want to waste brain power on a knight because the knight doesn't really need brain power. They need brawn. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting, definitely, just kind of comparing the differences between this game and D&D. Uh, because D&D is probably the most popular one, right? Yes. We are in the races. Let's see what they got here. What that lizard folk. <laughs> the lizard folk. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I went through this and there was one class in particular that did catch my eye. Um, and it was actually something pretty interesting too. So the character that interested me, uh, which is, uh, we're still, it's still not confirmed. Like, like I said, we just started reading this book and it says that, um, they might be called professions instead of classes, right? That's what, that's what it is. Um, the one that caught my attention is the one that says spy. And here's why. Hey, that rhymes. Um, because they have these things called variants where you can play the spy straight up as a spy or you can make it a variant to make it an assassin or a variant to make it a secret agent and so so what happens like for example if you if you say well i'm going to play the spy but i'm going to play the assassin variant uh you would get crossbows 12 instead of six so that means that i i think that means that you're more proficient with a crossbow right and as an assassin i could i could see that because you're focused more on attacking rather than being stealthy, mm-hmm. right? I think that's pretty cool. Weren't you a halfling yeah. barbarian at one point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, when I the first D and D we ever played, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and I had I, I wanted to be a halfling because hobbits. I love them. <laughs> hobbits are the best, by the way. So yeah. yeah, I have to agree with you on that. Sorry, go ahead. I wanted to be a halfling and. Um, I picked to be a cleric, and Michael was like, "Are you sure? Like, they have a lot of spells. You need to you need to keep up with them." Like, I can do this. <laughs> I ended up using uh, druid spells instead of cleric spells. Didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> but yeah, I was a halfling cleric slash barbarian. It was a mess, but I had fun doing it, even though I was doing it wrong. Um, but I think it's fun to to be able to cross cross oh cross your classes yeah or cross your classes in the dark I. Uh, lingo cross your professions, professions. <laughs> yeah and we don't know even know if you can do that here but 
like because not everyone has a variance from what i can see some do and some don't yeah, this is you know, <laughs> cat witch. Yeah, that's right. You could be a cat witch. The I'm telling you, it looks it looks interesting. <laughs> that's <man>. cool. <laughs> we're gonna have fun playing this. Or, by like, the way, a, a raven, a raven witch. witch. Um, we're even gonna create voices oh. for these characters. Oh, okay, <laughs> I could work it's on gonna that. be that type of adventure for y'all. I we owe it listeners. to our listeners, yes, <laughs> for being so faithful and supporting. But yeah, cat witch, right? That's yeah, what I said cool. too. I was like, oh, look, a cat witch. Like that's said, uh, interesting. I, I got to give it to them though. They give you a lot of yeah, classes. Yeah, they give you a lot of things mm-hmm. to choose from. Yes, Like I was seeing a sailor. Um, you have a bard. Well, of course, a bard always comes with, but there's a lot of unique classes you wouldn't see. Like a performer? Yeah, a performer. A performer is another one that has variants. It has acrobat, animal tra- tamer, clown, fortune teller, knife thrower. So depending on which variants you choose of this performer so he could be like an acrobat performer mm-hmm. so he might have more uh what does it have here it has better climbing skills better body control whereas a fortune teller has empathy uh body control zero instead of seven because it's a fortune teller it's not an acrobat or anything mm-hmm. like that right so it's going to be interesting to see what yes. kind of variants or classes professions i'm sorry that we're going to be able to create and we need to have like a poll or something like an online poll that like who's gonna be the dm let the fans decide i'd like that yeah we'll put it up on our handles dts underscore gaming crew yes facebook instagram and twitter and we'll just i mean i'm not expecting to get flooded with responses yet but uh any vote counts and helps so uh any shares that you're that you can give us we'd really appreciate it um and what what i'll do is we'll make like a case for each one of us maybe next week as to who's gonna who's gonna be the dm Mm -hmm. because we need to pick a dm too and it has to be one of the four of us right yeah so a lot of things to plan out uh with this very interesting game anything you want to add to that michael you'll be going on an adventure with us (laughs) (laughs) you'll be hearing You'll be hearing some interesting voiceovers. I'll try to radio host at special effects. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, the last thing I got to say about the Dark Eye is the fact that uh, the Aventuria Almanac, which is, I mean, it, it it's really well organized. Like, usually I'm not into these kind of things. Like, oh, it's the background in the world, but everything here is just so detailed like it goes back into like the history of the gods and mythology that they believed in throughout the history of their existence mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's kind of like it it's so detailed that it kind of pulls you in kind of like what i was talking about the game uh the last of us yes. where it it's so intense it pulls you in like that's what it that's what this game feels like it feels like it's going to have a lot of attention to detail that hopefully will get us into character and we'll have a good time playing it we got a lot of material here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Favorite tabletop game. And now we get to everybody's favorite section of the podcast. Everybody's favorite tabletop game. Yeah. <laughs> Hold your applause to the end. <laughs> Alright, so my choice for this is a game that I had played. It's called Super Fight. It's a card game. And it's like a debate in a way. 
the way it works is you you have your white cards and your black cards so your white cards would be like say missiles uh cat arms uh quicksand legs while your black cards might be like um terminator santa claus abe lincoln so what you do your your if i i'm totally forgot which colors i coordinated them to your black cards would be your characters if i coordinated that right yes you did. your white cards would be your attributes your attributes okay. and what you do is you build a case for yourself uh say it was you and chrissy chrissy say she gets santa claus and say you get the terminator you're allowed to put two attributes with each character now say chrissy says santa claus with uh kitty cat arms and maybe mind control okay. uh, you get the terminator <laughs> with say quicksand ability and can turn into stone okay from there i would be the judge y'all would have to debate who would win this fight and why you both, <laughs> you both would have to state your cases <laughs> Then I would need to be creative and be like, well, what can I do with my quicksand body or quicksand arms or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> and Chrissy with her Santa Claus with cat arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mind control. <laughs> and mind control. That's right. Yeah. I mean, how do you beat mind control? Mind control is like crazy powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So I think I would win. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> very are, easy. Yeah, they, I, these are just some of the cards you would get. <laughs> And I some mean, of them are like, uh, you could play on like, where say if you drew Terminator, you could get a card that says, has uh, has a blank head and a and a blank arm and blank legs. So that would mean you could play three attributes on that. Okay, okay. So some of them have more is what you're saying? Yeah, like some of them okay. allow you to play more attributes if you have that card. And it's, it's called what? Uh, Super Fight. Super Fight. By Skybound Games. So, I mean, that's what it sounds like. The game is just cards yeah and you get your random character and then you make a case for your character yeah <laughs> okay i could see that that's, that's cool yeah yeah that's that's definitely something interesting uh to get the creative juices flowing mm -hmm. uh there are a lot of expansions a lot of expansions like i know they have scenario expansions i've yet to play the scenario expansions but i know they also add like while in a volcano or in the middle of a nuclear battlefield and so you have to add that in your case okay. if that plays to your if that plays to you or if that affects you in a con and they also have like one that are anime based uh walking dead based where you might get characters from there or specific <laughs> things that relate to that so like the, these are from actual franchises i believe or that, they're like close ripoffs i think they're, uh, the Walking Dead one, I think, is from that franchise, but I think others might be close ripoffs, like the anime okay. one. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Chrissy, would you like to go next? Sure. Um, when I think of board games, I think back when I was little and playing board games with like my family. So for me, my favorite board game is Clue. Yeah, I love Clue. It just takes me back to like playing with um, with my siblings. Also, like Monopoly, I used to stay up late with my brother and aunt when she would babysit. We'd stay up all night playing Monopoly because that game never ends. Yeah, it never ends. <laughs> and um, me and my little sister get really competitive with, with like even simple games like Connect Four. Me and her, <laughs> me and her go at it with Connect Four. <laughs> um, but yeah, Clue is my favorite, my favorite board game. Um, I love like just having to figure out like what happened. 
Um, and we've played it with our roommates, and I get all <laughs> all competitive, um, trying to like, um, what trying to like confuse them. Oh yeah, because the this one time we played, I misled her. Where okay, for instance, if you had in your hand Mr. Green with the knife, it say in the billiard. Well, I was in there, and I was like, so does anyone have Mr. Green with a knife in a billiard? And it led to this, like, I don't have that. I don't have that. And, you know, you keep this poker face, like, really? And you just, like, kind of draw it down and make everyone play along. Like, oh, wow, is he onto something? <laughs> yeah, like, I like tricking people. And, like, he figured out that I was tricking people, so he started tricking me. And, yeah, I just, I, I love playing that game. It, it's fun. I find it really fun. And so that's my favorite board game. Uh, my favorite tabletop game is Heroclix. Have you guys ever played Heroclix? I have not. I've heard of it. I've wanted to get into it, but never did. Okay. The best way I can describe Heroclix is like playing chess with superpowers. Because you play on a grid, right? The maps that they have are just grids that keep track of your movement. A lot of the times, like WizKids, which is the the publisher for, for Heroclix, is they try to design the superheroes to match uh i think like a point in their in, in their in their comic life so for example um you could have batman uh i don't know like movie batman like christian bell being played by batman so the designers have to think okay well what did christian bell's batman do in the movies you know what weapons did he have so how can we emulate that in this game mm-hmm. and they try their best to make the personas you know that they they do either in the movie or the comic book or a show and right now actually like the newest set that's going to come out is based off of the justice league series that came out in uh like 2000 early 2000 you remember that oh the animated series yes oh justice that's league awesome animated series. yeah like the new hero click set is based off of that so like the characters that you're gonna see are gonna look like that adult not adults from cartoon network <laughs> right it was used to come out on cartoon network? network yeah but that that's what it is like it's 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 just a strat it's a strategy game that plays a lot like chess with superpowers which that, that leads me to a follow i was gonna follow follow you up with the question of uh-huh. there are alternatives of these characters right like uh like say uh iron spider-man or regular yes. spider-man yes okay. yeah and then uh spider-man 2099 uh that other what's this called uh spider girl yeah, but they have like a lot of variants on the same character. You know, obviously the the more popular characters get more variants, of course, because they sell more. But that's exactly right. That is actually my favorite tabletop game. If you haven't ever played it, I recommend you at least give it a chance if you're into superheroes. I don't recommend it for anyone who isn't because it can get a little uh, complicated if you don't have someone teaching you the correct way to play it. Uh, but I do recommend giving it a go if you're really into superheroes. Well, um, has anybody ever played uh, Betrayal at the house on the on the hill? The betrayal uh, is that what you said? Yeah, the betrayal. Um, betrayal at the betrayal at the house on the hill. Betrayal. At the house on the hill. I have not, but I have heard of that game. Something cool that's happening with this game is um, it's getting a Scooby-Doo spinoff. 
<laughs> so okay. it's, it's getting a Scooby-Doo spinoff. Um, the spinoff is called Betrayal at <clears throat> Mystery Mansion. In this game, uh, <clears throat> it's uh, three to five players, and you get to play a Scooby, Shaggy, Velma, Daphne, Fred. Um, you're, you're investigating a, ha- a haunted house and finding clues and discovering what what's going on because um, there's a lot of spooky things happening. You're trying to figure out what's happening. Um, <clears throat> as the players uncover more of the mansion, they will encounter <clears throat> one or two strange occurrences until eventually everyone finds enough clues to make the, to trigger the haunt. And once that haunt is triggered, one of the players will end up being the the bad guy trying to kill everybody. Um, <clears throat> so what what causes that trigger? Um, you have to um, you get so many clues. Once you reach a certain amount of clues, that's when the haunt will start. Okay, and that's when the one player turns mm-hmm. and starts attacking everyone, yeah. and everyone has to get out. Yeah, everybody else is trying to escape the house or try to kill the killer or defeat okay. them. Or uh, or the the person who turns takes everyone out. Yeah, it's getting the spinoff. It's gonna have twenty five scenarios, um, and each scenario is gonna be it's gonna take away from a episode of Scooby Doo. Like you're gonna have cool. those those classic Scooby Doo monsters and all that. The game um, is going to be released um, on May fifteenth. Um, it's gonna be priced at thirty five dollars and um, they're not going to sell it. I think they're only selling it in America because it says that um, the publisher doesn't want to sell it in Europe yet. So, okay. Sorry, Europe. Sorry, Europe. <laughs> in the game, in the actual game, the betrayal at House on the Hill, Do you, as soon as you turn into the monster, you start chasing or you start, I guess, terrorizing the other party, right? The mm-hmm. And so, like, do you actually kill them? Like, is the whole goal to kill them or capture them? Or what is it? Um, it depends, depends on the on certain the monster and the scenario. Yeah, because okay. there's a different scenario. There's, like, you get a book and they're depending on how the game is triggered. Because uh-huh. there's different ways a game can be triggered. But you're going to get your, your cards to make it happen. But right. depending on how it's triggered, you're going to flip through the book to find the right scenario. And the killer or the monster has to do what the scenarios has to make the scenario happen pretty much okay and i I was asking because like i I was thinking like if this game is like so focused on like once you turn or you know the person turns and starts terrorizing the other uh people it's like are they gonna how would they let this whole scooby-doo thing because it's supposed to be like a kids theme thing i I imagine it's probably into this it's probably like an unmasking <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. That would be like, ah, oh, it was old man so and so. I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, like I said, this game um, is pu- it's published by um, Avalon Hill, and it's going to come out March uh, May fifteenth, um, priced at thirty five dollars. So if it's if you like Betrayal um, on the um, at the House on the Hill, and you also like Scooby Doo. If you want to check this out, you'll be able to get that May 15th. Also in news, a possible new Dungeons & Dragons co-op board game was revealed and due out in 2020. Co-op board game? Yes. What is that? A new Dungeons & Dragons co-op board game is due out for release this year. A mock-up of a non of a non-final box for Dungeons & Dragons Adventures Gate was on display. A distributor Osmodi UK stand at this year's Toy Fair trade show in London. The box cover describes the co-op board game as your quick start 
quick play entry into the world of D&D, suggesting that it's been designed to bridge the gap between playing a board game and the full RPG experience of learning how to play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Meanwhile, Asmodee's UK's catalog of 2020 board game release releases also available at the Toy Fair included a board game called Dungeons & Dragons Adventure Begins. So this game is supposed to be bridging the gap of tabletop to regular board game, it seems. And although yet to be confirmed by publisher Hasbro, Adventures Gate and Adventure Begins appear to be the same game with different titles. The two games feature very similar box artwork, but a bit in slightly different arrangements, sewing the same axe swinging dwarf, fire wielding magic user, and bow shooting ranger. The classic Dungeons and Dragons 5e classes and races on the cover may hint at the possible player characters in the board game. Both games also feature similar box descriptions as fast-playing, entry-level beginner board games that aim to introduce new players to the world of Dungeons & Dragons. And the catalog entry, Adventure Begins, is described as being your fun first entry into the world of D&D. Its player count is given as between 2 to 4 players with a recommended age of 10 and up. So this would be great for those who have yet to play D&D. Be on the lookout for this. There's no official release date, but we know we are getting it in 2020. As for how it plays and pertains, it's yet to be described. But it is on its way, and it's supposed to be the the gap bridge into tabletop playing and role-playing. That sounds like a really good idea. I hope the execution is done correctly. Uh, by I think Wizards of the Coast still owns D and D, right? Yes. Because I think yeah, tabletop RPG is like one of the most difficult things that you can probably do because everything takes place in your mind. Yeah. Uh, minus of course like the dice and the character sheets and things like that. Uh, for the most part, usually you don't need a board, characters, no type of figures, uh, anything except for dice. Imagination. Um, imagination, yeah. And then sometimes a pencil just to keep track of items and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So adding a board, I think, helps a lot uh, to at least give new players an understanding yeah. as to how they're going to approach this game. And it makes me wonder if the boards, like for those who are already experienced, say they buy this, if that board could be easily used as just like a go-to mat. And if it's going to be double-sided. No, that makes me curious. Like, say, when you open the game, you unfold the board. It's mm-hmm. like one side's going to be a dungeon. The other side might be a forest terrain. Okay. It's like, And for those that are experienced that bought it just to buy it and just want to check it out, it's like, oh, man, look, it came with the free map of this. Let's use it. Right. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? It, it came with the board game, so you might as well put it to use. Because mm-hmm. that'd be cool to see more newcomers. Yeah, definitely. Because D&D is making... It is making a comeback, it seems. It is. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it looks like. Also in news, Dead of Winter is now owned by Fantasy Flight as Pandemic creator Z-Man acquires Mice and Mystics. Yes. We will be bringing you the news. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is the eventual goal uh, for us to do that. Um, Cool. Um, In continuance... Uh, Arkham Horror, Keyforge, and X-Wing publisher Fantasy Flight Games has acquired hit horror board game Dead of Winter, while Pandemic while Pandemic Ma- maker Z-Man has taken control of family board games 
Mice and Mystics and Stuffed Fables, which John has told us about Stuffed Fables. The studio's acquisition of the popular board games follows previous publisher Plaid Hat Games' reacquisition by founder and studio head Colby Dolch, I think Dolch Dolch, breaking it out of the Osmodi family, which includes Z-Man's Fantasy Flight and various other labels after five years and making Plaid Hat an independent outlet once again. As part of the move, Plaid Hat has transferred the rights to many of its most successful tabletop properties to Asmodi while retaining ownership of a few of its remaining series. Fantasy Flight has taken over of both Dead of Winter, the co-op board game for two to the five players that sees the group of players working together to survive in a world invested with the undead. And its spin-off card game, Raxon. I didn't even know it had a spin-off card game. That's cool. Uh, and that's an add-on for what? A spin-off of Dead of Winter. Spin-off for Dead of Winter. Okay. It says, which is set in the same universe, Dead of Winter co-creator and Raxon designer Isaac Vega announced that he was leaving Plaid Hat after a decade at the studio as part of the move to independence. The game joined Fantasy Flight's catalog of games, including horror board game Arkham Horror and unique deck game Keyforge. Z-Man, on the other hand, known for co-op board game Pandemic and beginner board game Carcassonne, maybe? Carcassonne? I think so. I'm not 100% um, sure. Among others, has picked up both family board game Mice and Mystics and its spiritual successor, Stuffed Fables, both designed by Jerry Hawthorne. The games are family-friendly dungeon crawlers that see players exploring a castle as mice and defeating childhood nightmares as stuffed toys, respectively. Stuffed Fables was the first game in the adventure book game series which sees a book used in a place of a board game. The latest game in the series, Aftermath, has also been acquired by Z-Man alongside its game spin-off Aftermath. Despite giving up ownership of many of its biggest board game series, Plaid Hat has retained ownership of the recent titles such as programming robot game Quirky Circuits, which has been which was created by Mansions of Madness co-designer Nikki Valens, and hidden movement board game Specter Ops, designed by Emerson Matsushi. Plaid Hat's recently announced new entry in its Crossroads series, the collection of board games started by Dead of Winter in 2014, called Forgotten Waters, an adventure board game involving pirates, treasure, and sea monsters. The board game will be released on April 10th. So this is an upcoming board game. What is it called? Uh, Forgotten Waters. It, Forgotten Waters. And it, it features what again? Can you repeat that? Pirates, treasure, and sea monsters. That sounds like fun. That does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not usually one for pirates and games, but when you throw in sea monsters, though, oh, yeah. now we're talking. Okay. News I've got to report for the week um, is off of Cleopatra. It is coming out March 11, and I'm talking about this game called Cleopatra. You're not hearing things wrong. I'm not saying Cleopatra. I am saying Cleopatra. Uh, because this game does have a focus on, guess what? Cats. The game itself was sent to us by the lead designer, Mr. Tate Wu. And I, I mean, I get the feeling like when... Uh, he gave us this game so we can review it and i don't know if i if i got the feeling or maybe it's just me but when i was playing it i felt like at points like i was playing chinese checkers kind of yeah but of course it's really different because the point of this game is that you're there are cats trapped inside pyramids and you have to go rescue these cats 
It's a, it's a very simple premise. That's what it yes. is. Uh, I mean, you'll see our you'll see our review up on March 11th on DropTheSpotlight.com off of Cleopatra. I mean, we can give you. I guess we can talk about what you remember. Like, what's the what's the thing that you remember the most when we played that game? The blue tile. Yeah, uh, blue tile. You could like move it. Whenever. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So along with Cleopatra, uh, we're also putting out a mini tutorial video. The mini tutorial video only shows you the standard rules because there are like ways that you can play with advanced rules. Um, and from what the lead designer told me that uh, the game is also going to have like, uh, I guess, add-ons or expansions that are going to help you play the game a little differently so you don't get bored of it. The video hopefully will be out by the time the review is out on March 11. The Kickstarter comes out in the same day, March 11. So keep an eye on out for that on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to upload that video to all of those channels, uh, the review as well. Well, except for YouTube, of course, because it's a written review. But let us know how, how the video turned out. Let us know what you think about the review. And once you once you take a look at it, of course, uh, get back to us. Give Leave us, a, I don't know, a message either on the website. Because they can leave comments on the website mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. DropTheSpotlight.com under the tabletop section. Oh, yeah. Is where that review will be. Or you can just message us directly through our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you prefer. Um, Does he have a, uh, is his Kickstarter up yet? No, it's going live March 11th. Yeah. Y'all be on the lookout for that Cleo Catra. Yes, reviewed by us, the DTS Gaming Crew. We are now at the Kickstarter tabletop games we've been keeping our eyes on. A game that I've been keeping an eye on is Super Show the Game. Uh, it has 15 days to go as of today. Super Show the Game is a fully customizable tabletop dice and card game where you can live all your wildest wrestling fantasies without ever taking a chair shot. As it says, <laughs> it is the number one wrestling game in the world of all time, according to its board game geek rating. Players compete in an underground wrestling world known as the Legendary Fighting Federation, LFF, where the goal is simple, lead, follow up, then finish your opponents for the pin. All cards in the newest release are compatible with any prior and future releases, which is really great. I like when they do that. Oh, yeah. That's always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, a $30 pledge for this gets you the two-player singles match. $60 gets you the two-to-four-player to to tornado tag, double or nothing. And 115 gets you the two-to-five-players all-in pack where you get everything in the previous tiers, as well as the family faction pack of wrestlers who have been long-awaited and exclusive Kenny Kempo and the Duke competitor sets who come with all three tiers as well as all-unlock promos. Me and Pax, uh, me and John got to meet the owner creator Steve Resk at Pax South and got to play. Um, I think the previous Kickstarter game that he had released, which was called Super Show: The Rising. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying you got to meet the creator slash owner of this game? Yeah. Where? Uh, Pax South. Pax South. Okay. So that's like you posted a picture of that on Instagram, right? Where you were playing with John? Yes. Is that is that the game that you were playing or is it a different game? No, that that was the, the same game, but I think um, just different wrestlers. Okay. That um, one he had called Super Show the Game. Super Show the Game, The Rising. And just different wrestlers. But a, a really fun game. Like you have these cards 
and they all follow the LFF where you lead, follow up, finish, where you have to play a lead and it could be like, oh, you know, you start with a, I'm going to say, oh yeah, start with an arm bar and then your opponent, John, he could play, he could play something in reverse, say a lead that stops that. Or say he doesn't have nothing to stop that and he plays just what he has in his hand. Well, I could play a follow-up. A follow-up being like, oh, I do an arm bar and then I go for a a suplex. If I get if he can't block that follow-up of my suplex, then I go for my final F, the finish, which leads me to my one, two, three. Uh, which the finish is kinda like your main move. As in perhaps wrestling how wrestling actually goes really fun game so let me ask you personally michael do you watch wrestling like do you like wrestling i've watched wrestling i as of i do not keep up with wrestling currently but as but a child you... i love wrestling okay chrissy i haven't watched wrestling <laughs> in a really long time i've watched wrestling when there was like sting and and uh oh, what was the guy with the puppet with the sock Oh, uh, not Mr. Mankind. Mankind, Mankind yeah. I, I watched wrestling like a long time ago. Okay, so I think we're about the same page then because I'm the same way. Like I haven't watched it in forever. So good. So, I mean, because then we can relate to this game is what I'm trying to say, yes. right? So I'm playing cards that are supposed to be imitating wrestlers. Yeah. Right? Um, like you get, you get your profile card of your character and his special abilities and then you have your regular hand of cards, uh, which are your moves. And you have your dice, which, uh, oh man, I'm trying to remember. What did the dice do? I, I Oh, I think it was a, a color, a, they were color coordinated. I think it was like green, yellow. Red. No, was it green, yellow, red? I think so. I'm trying to remember what the dice did. Oh. And you weren't with them, Chrissy? No, she was. I was there, but oh. I, was, I was taking pictures. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and the dice affects how you um the dice affects how you roll oh no how you play a card because oh yeah it, it affects how you play a card that's right because the color coordination affects your attributes because on your player profile card red could be your speed yellow could be your toughness and right. so say i roll a red well that means me and john's um strength would be Tested. Uh, tested say if his is a seven on his profile wrestler and mine's a six well then i lose in my strength so john would go first and uh from there and then that, you add the dice rolls to that strength or no it would no? just go from that it would determine who goes first oh okay okay so I in gotcha. that case it'd be like say if my agility was a nine well then i'd have better luck when i roll if it always landed on say green which will make baby for agility it was really they had they had they were having a, a lot of fun they, the, they, they, they had, had like a hype man that was like that was like cheering them on yeah, like, like he was like he was really in persona and character it was great like he, as if we were actually in a ring really good stuff really fun stuff <laughs> didn't he say that you could do pretty much any like you could do like anything oh, yeah. that you can do in wrestling, you can do in that game. You can have like a cage match. You can oh. have like a whole bunch of wrestlers like That's in cool. one game. Yeah, like tag team. the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah. As I was talking to him, it, it had piqued my interest because I was like, "We did a singles match, but is it possible to do tag team or beyond that?" And he was like, "Anything you could do in wrestling, imagine you could do in this card game. So if you want to go up to like a Royal Rumble, a six man match." 
he said that their office, I believe he said his office did a 30-man match, but they had to tweak the rules. I forgot how he tweaked it, but he said you have to tweak the, I think you have to tweak the pin count or something like that. And that it it just makes the game really fun. I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the game again? It's called Super Show the Game, and this one's called Going Over. Going Over. And that's the one that's going to release in it, 15 days? Yes, or the backing ends then. Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. For the Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Chrissy has the Batman, the animated series adventures. I'm actually interested in learning about yeah. this because i am somewhat of a batman I fan see that. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about this animated series adventure batman kickstarter the batman animated series um shadow of the bat it was launched back in february february 18th it is a one to five player game a combat dice rolling game it can take about 60 to 90 minutes to play for ages 14 and up this game was published by idw games and in this game, it allows you to to take the role of, of a hero. And in this game, you get so many characters. For this one, for the Shadow of the Bat, you get Batman, Batgirl, Robin, Commissioner Gordon, and Catwoman. I thought I didn't I don't I didn't think Catwoman was a hero, but Yeah, she goes she goes like between both hero and villain sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. she plays for both teams. And like, you know, she's she's done more wrong, but Batman's like, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well in this one, those are the, the characters that you get and um, each character has the, their own unique abilities and um, skills and they all they have custom dice for each character. The game um, comes with twenty four unique missions and the missions are really cool because they're inspired by episodes of the actual batman series yeah and you know that's uh, that's what i was actually looking up right now is that this game is based off of the actual mm-hmm. batman animated series from 1992 to 1995 mm-hmm. and weren't like um even characters like made specifically for this like harley quinn like harley, harley quinn, quinn got yeah. her, her her debut debut yeah. in that mm-hmm. in that show um but with this game, like, you get so many characters. Like, I, I told you the heroes. You also get the villains. You get Two-Face, Penguin, uh, Mr. Freeze, the Riddler, Scarecrow, um, Man-Bat, the Joker, Harley Quinn. Um, that's what you get in this in this pack. There There's also um, an expansion pack where you... Um, the expansion pack is um, Arkham Asylum. And with that expansion pack, you, all, you get 13 more missions and even more characters with this one you could play um as clayface poison ivy um the ventriloquist baby doll killer croc um there is a new game mode and with the game mode it's called clayface and in clayface mode um each player is going to be given a card and the card will indicate if they are who they say they are like the card will let you know like if if you're batman he's catwoman I'm Robin, and my card has the Clayface on it. Means that I'm really Clayface. Right. So I can turn at any moment. I can reveal myself and like just be a traitor. <laughs> right, and start attacking us yeah. unexpectedly. So that's really that's really cool. And um, there's there's just so much with this game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the the Arkham Asylum that's an expansion. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be released with the. Uh, with the one that that you saw on Kickstarter, or is it going to be separate than that? Um, it's going to be separate. Okay. Separate. Um, um, did I because write like, down? yeah, I'm looking at the Kickstarter. So this is how popular, I guess, this series is. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it says $1,203,730 pledged of the $225,000 goal. Yeah. So it went like five times over. That's just how popular this Batman the Animated Series is. But I'm, I'm asking you because I'm, I actually see both of them here. I see the Shadow of the Bat and Arkham Asylum. So. I believe both entwine. Okay. Because uh, from what I understood, I watched the trailer a couple of days ago. And it said everything that came with it or that co- every previous and future release should be universally connected yeah you can play you can play whatever what, what you get in the arkham asylum you can play use those characters and those um i believe the boards and the boards to, to connect po- it to connect, yeah, to connect to okay. the shadow of the bat and it also has um you can expand your heroes and villains there's a um, the new batman adventure character pack where you would get um you get nightwing you get tim drake um as robin um Firefly, Calendar Girl. I've never heard of Calendar Girl. See, me neither. I've heard of Calendar Man, but not Calendar Girl. But maybe mm-hmm. that was only in the series. And there's also story packs. You can get um, Mask of the Phantom, uh, Mystery mystery of the Batwoman, and um, those story packs add new missions, new Wait, characters. did you say Mask of the Phantasm? Yes. Phantasm. Okay, okay, phantom. okay. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mask of the Phantasm, um, Mystery of Batwoman. Um, those add the Phantasm, Bruce Wayne, Batwoman, and Bane. Yeah, and um, to get <clears throat> to get this game, you can make a pledge of $125. You get the game. You can all, um, with with that pledge, you get um, a new character, Alfred, as an ally. As an ally. Cool. Kickstarter exclusive. Yeah. And the estimated delivery looks like Christmas time because it says <laughs> December 2020. So you could expect a good board game with your families or friends, whoever you're with around that month. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's around the time that people get a lot of time off anyway, like yeah. from work. So that sounds like the perfect. And what did I say in the beginning? Christmas is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas is always around the corner for tabletop enthusiasts because we're always looking forward to see what game is coming out next. Yes. Very cool, Chrissy. Anything you want to add to that, Michael? Um, oh, the stretch goals of what they've unlocked already. The stretch goals. Yes. So you you said that their regular goal was 2000 something? 200,000, 225,000. And so they've already exceeded that. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I right now I, I I closed it, but it said I think one million two hundred thousand or something like that. So like. being they reached that, they release they're giving us also a character called Condiment King. And oh, the, the mustard and the ketchup yeah. guy. <laughs> oh man, you see, you have to watch this animated series if you don't know what we're talking about. Watch it. Um, in the very least. Uh, go to our social media sites hopefully by the time this podcast will come out we'll have the kickstarter links up so you can check it out yourself because batman the animated series as ridiculous as it was was actually a very complex a very well-told story too it was yeah and they got all these other side goals if for however much this goes up to like their next is which i think was condiment king they haven't check marked it off for additional villain number three. At a thousand two hundred twenty, they still got for like additional villain number four. 
Like, they're going to add plenty more things the more money this game makes. Like, I'm all up for extra things in this game. What do you mean? Uh, the more miniatures and the more villains they could get oh, to play. Oh, yeah, as. yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And again, that is Batman, the animated series Shadow of the Bat, and Arkham Asylum Expansion by IDW Games, DC, and Warner Bros. It has four days to go, actually, in backing. So by, what are we, we're the 8th today, so we got, so by this coming Thursday, the 12th, is when the the last day to back it. Uh, this Thursday, on the 12th? Is the last day to back it? The oh, last yeah, day so. to back it. We'll try to get that link up. Mm-hmm. ASAP. Yeah. And now we're going to, oh wait, are you, were you done? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, Okay. Uh, we're going to the one that I had my eye on. It is a game called Frosthaven. For those of you familiar with, or if that sounds familiar to you, then you might uh, have heard or you might even have played the game that uh, is, I guess could be considered its predecessor is Gloomhaven. So according to the creators of this game, there are gonna they are kind of backwards compatible meaning that there are some elements um elements that's not even a word <laughs> there are some elements in gloomhaven i'm sorry frosthaven that you can carry over from gloomhaven which is the original game so what they're saying is that like uh frosthaven is kind of a sequel where you don't need to play gloomhaven to enjoy it and play it um, but it, there will be some things there that's like, uh, that'll make sense once you play the original game, Gloomhaven. Now here's, I guess some, I put down some of the most, in, some of the more interesting things about this board game to me was that the sequel packs will have more than 25 new enemies and over 100 new items and roughly a hundred new scenarios for a good measure which is just crazy because when i was when i was looking this game up um i started looking up gloomhaven first because you know they were saying like that's that's i guess the the first part have you seen an unboxing of gloomhaven no it comes with a lot (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that's what it sounds like because i'm like um when i was reading about the announcement of frosthaven that the kickstarter still hasn't gone live and they haven't given it an official date but it will go live this month is what they said march so as soon as that goes live we'll get that to you as well and put it up on our social media pages as well but uh you know just reading the commentary on people who have played gloomhaven and they were like you know i'm barely I, I don't even think I'm halfway through Gloomhaven and Frosthaven's <laughs> already coming out. And I'm like, man, how long is this game? Apparently, this board game, you, you have to play through multiple sessions. So it's kind of like a D&D session where you you, don't, you can't just finish it in one day. You yeah. can, but it won't be the same experience. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, like, there's people that have already been playing it for, you know, for a while. And they still have trouble, like, remembering steps that they have to follow throughout the game. So it does sound like it is a game meant for gamers, like hardcore gamers. It's not an easy pickup game uh, that you can pick up and play with your family. No, it's probably a game you're going to have to read ahead of time and maybe even, dare I say it, study yeah. 
the game for a little bit. Studying to have a good time. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) one thing I've seen, if you are interested in picking this game up, uh, well, I mean, Frosthaven won't come out anytime soon. It's Kickstarter should go live this month, but I'm talking about Gloomhaven. Is that everyone recommends to download the app on the, uh, you know, to download the app on your phone? It's supposed to help you organize your content better, so that way it's not so confusing when you're playing the game. Just a neat little tip I I saw online that you can do if you play Gloomhaven. So here's another interesting thing about this game that it's gonna have 16 heroes, not not one, not five. 16 heroes that's crazy that's not even counting the heroes that came with gloomhaven (laughs) um and to me the hero named the harrower was the most interesting uh, addition to the series because the harrower is a horde of insects with two different personalities fighting for dominance um so you know it has two attack modes basically one attack or one mode is ranged attacks and another mode is melee attacks so and you know there's one that can control time there's one i think that can make portals and there's like just all these different combinations that you can make with these heroes it's like i can see why it would be a little complicated for just a casual gamer to pick up um so if you are interested in this game it's called frost haven like I said, I don't recommend it if you're a novice tabletop gamer or a beginner tabletop gamer. Um, I do recommend it for the more experienced ones. Um, and whether or not you play Gloomhaven, which is supposed to be the first part, you don't have to. But there are some parts that get spoiled in Frosthaven if you don't play Gloomhaven first. But if, you're, if you don't really care about those kind of things, then just pick it up. You can pick it up and play it all on its own. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it looks like my kind of game. I like really complex games where you could do all you know all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, it's a little complicated, but the fact that you're actually pulling these things off in a board game yeah. is very impressive for games to go out and actually design these things for us to have fun with. But yeah, as soon as a Kickstarter goes live for Frosthaven, we'll have that up for you. So maybe we'll it'll get a few more backers through our listeners. If they're interested in wanting to back that Kickstarter. Yes. And uh, I guess, would you like to do the plug for the Dungeons and Doggies one last time? Uh, yes. We are going to be out at the Gulf Coast Humane Society March 14th at 1 p.m. for the Dungeons and Doggies um, fundraising, fundraising event. Um, it's going to be a D&D night. <clears throat> All proceeds goes to the, the Gulf Coast Humane Society to help out the um, dogs and cats that they have there, um, that they've rescued. Um, the Gulf Coast Humane Society is located at 3118 Cab- Cabinus Cabin- Road <laughs> um, in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, <clears throat> you, If you RSVP, you'll be getting, um, you'll lock down a table um for the event, you'll also be given snacks and a gift bag and a free um, dice set. Oh, you can RSVP at dungeonsanddoggies.rsvpify.com or if you're not able to make it out to the Dungeons and Doggies but you still want to donate and help out these animals, you can always um, donate on their Facebook page, which is Gulf Coast Humane Society, um, or you can donate on their website, which is www.gchsc.org. 
and you can make a donation to help out. But if you want to um, stop by, we'll be there um, March 14th at 1 p.m. And you can come and join us. And I believe the dice are being provided by uh, Sparkling City Games. Yeah, that's they are. They're being uh, sponsored. So, yeah, a big thank you to Sparkling City Games for providing dice for a good cause. I mean... The doggos. For the doggos, yeah. You know, so any, any little bit helps... Um, and, you know, not saying that this is a little bit because donating dice is actually huge for a game that relies on dice, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's a lot of dice rolling. Um, so it is definitely very much appreciated uh, for a good cause. And, you know, like uh, Christy and Michael mentioned, like, yeah, if you're if you're going to be in the area, Corpus Christi, Cavernous Road, the Gulf Coast Humane Society this Saturday, March 14th. Yes. Uh, join us stop by we'll be there taking pictures we'll be there interviewing people um i'm, I'm gonna see if the the if if they're interested in doing an interview oh yeah yeah there you go yeah we'll interview some of the people either coordinating the event or someone who works at the shelter yes and um, just seeing if this is a one-time event or if they plan to do this continuously this would be great yeah if we can do it once a year even as or mm-hmm. Maybe even sooner than that, right? That would yeah. be awesome. We could go there every time to help them out. Spark a D&D buzz in Corpus. <laughs> One thing we've learned about each other um, as a DTS gaming crew personally is that we're all dog people. Yes. I think all, we all own dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we love dogs. We love animals. Not necessarily just dogs, but animals in general. So we were very much excited to jump on this. Um, and help them out in any way we can and that's how we're doing it we're gonna go out and give them press so hopefully we get more donations in we really appreciate anything you can do as a listener to help out um like share and follow Um, (laughs) you can find us um, on all platforms at dts underscore gaming crew uh, facebook twitter instagram soon we'll be on twitch soon we'll be on twitch and you can watch us play some board games and we'll We'll come up with some ideas to get get you out, get you out some good content. But besides that, uh, give us your feedback too, yeah. and comments and suggestions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want, if you want to see us play something, um, just put it down in the comment, and we'll check it out. Um, if you have any suggestions, just let us know. That's that. That's all we have. I think that's us here at the DTS Gaming Crew. This has been Maverick, uh, Michael, Chrissy. Uh, Thank you for listening. Y'all have a good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, and keep gaming. (laughs) Later, guys.